Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Great guest today, Rachel Avneski from Matters of Management. Rachel, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Happy that uh, technology has allowed this uh, uh, moment. So I like to start just kind of giving our guests a little bit of a background about you and Matters of Management. So tell us a little bit. Sure. So I have been the CEO and founder of Matters of Management for uh, the past 10 years now. It doesn't feel that long. It feels like it's it's just um, just been a, a blink of an eye. Matters of Management started as a result of being in business. I, I worked with, um, with public accountants as a director of human resources and business development. And I watched lots of clients struggle with their infrastructure. And um, I started billing out my time and really liked the work. And so we started developing different service lines that growing companies needed. So that's that's kind of like the beginning of how it all happened or, or where the idea came from. And then over time, it just kind of evolved to be this fractional COO, fractional HR, project-driven infrastructure rebuild type of organization where we just partner with our clients. That's it's so exciting and congratulations on 10 years. We're celebrating 10 years as well. And it, to me, that's always been like a, a huge milestone. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. Thank you. Likewise. So tell me a little bit about what, you know, you mentioned a little bit, but what provoked you to leave corporate, whether that was big corporate, little corporate, and kind of take that leap of faith and begin the, the journey as an entrepreneur? Sure. So I worked in primarily male-dominated industries. Haven't we all, right? <laughs> right. So, and and I, I feel rather comfortable there because the truth of the matter is most of the most of the people and most of the women uh, leaders that I know, we got our our hand up from a businessman. It was not right. a businesswoman who reached down and lifted us up. So, right. so I'm I'm very grateful for my experiences for sure, and I try to to, um, to pay it forward right. in that same way that was paid forward to me, but it wasn't a woman who lifted me up. It was these businessmen. And I was, I was very grateful for that. But when I asked to be looked at uh, alongside them or as a peer to them, that was a different story. It was, it was great when they were helping me, but to be like them was a different story. And so I did, I asked the question, can I be a partner? I want to be a partner. I feel like an owner. I want to have ownership. It was looked at with some challenges. And so we came to an agreement that I would leave the company and they would support my business endeavors. And I went on a, just for a, a, a small time after that experience to work at one larger company for just about six months, just to kind of get my bearings. There were some things I wanted to learn about business and I did. And those two companies became my first two clients and they're still clients today. Oh, that's, that's great. And it's, it's great to have that you know, that's a, a very trusting, wonderful relationship that they move forward with you. And, and kudos to you for having that, you know, that base of clients when, when you initially start, because it's, you know, making that switch is scary. I remember those days. It's really scary. I had $500 to 
to use to start a business. That's all I had. I mean, what do you do with $500? I I bought some business cards and I asked a friend to create a website for me of which needs to be redone at this point in time. It's 10 years old, but that's it. That's all I had. And I had this network of people that if, you know, I, I think that when we talk about entrepreneurship in general, the belief in yourself and that connection to other people right. is really the driver. Right. That, that's where it starts from. Right. And, and at that crossroads to have those relationships and those people that you know and trust to be able to tap into, because as entrepreneurs, we kind of stand stand alone. So we need to have those people around us Mm-hmm. to be able to not only mentor us and listen to us and let us cry on their shoulders and do all those other things, but to, to lift us up and, and support us in a way that you you don't get when you're in a corporate environment. So true. It's so true. And I, I mean, I, I loved working for other people. I mean, there's, there's some great benefits working with other people, but in, in the last 10 years outside of a six week stint during COVID, I have been just blazing through as a business owner. And I can't imagine ever looking back. Like This is exactly what was meant for me, for sure. That's, it's a beautiful thing, right? So to tell our audience a little bit about what kind of companies you like to work with or are ideal for you and what size and how you approach a new gig. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, so, so first I'll say that I, I probably do no marketing at this point in time. All of my business comes from referral sources. So trusted relationships that have known me through the years that kind of know what I do, the services that I, I provide, the personalized approach that we have at Matters of Management. And primarily the businesses that need our services the most are family-owned businesses We've worked with smaller companies. We've worked with between five and 20 million. Probably our sweet spot is 20 to 50 million, second generation in business, looking to transform the business. Any company that's in growth mode, uh, we've worked with entrepreneurs as well because people need different services at different times. So typically companies that we're looking to are companies that are focused on growth and need some support on the infrastructure. And we certainly go in and we look at who the people are on, on all facets from what their operations are and how they adjust their people. And then we are, we're positioned to hire executive teams, hire C-suite, hire line workers, our professional services, and kind of build and then train and develop the leaders within a company. So it's, it's full service. Absolutely. And, and like our services as outsourced CFOs, you're able to stay with the client really learn long term as their needs change. So their need today is going to be different when they grow one time, two times, their needs become different and you're still able to support them in a similar but different way. Yes. And and I do have, I've got long-term clients for long-term projects, but I think, you know, success for me would be to, to transition those companies to full-time services and to, to help them continue to grow. I think that there's, there's always a use for the consultant in me. And there's, there's always that ability to do executive coaching at the top level. Right. So really when I built the service that we have at, at Matters of Management, between the fractional C-suite services on HR and operations, as well as staffing, uh, some merger and acquisition work, some leadership and training, all of those pieces at some point in time, coupled with the executive coaching, can assist a company as they move through a process. So where someone might engage me for something like a wage study, a project, an HR project, initially, we may identify and uncover that there are 
processes that need to to be looked at or that we have the wrong people in the wrong places. So skills assessments and behavioral assessments of different individuals and their capacity to to lead a, a new changing company, all of those things we look at internally to move them forward. And that's that's where my educational background came in. So I, I have a master's degree in organizational behavior. And so that really lends itself. Yeah, it's all about the people, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and their skill set and making sure it's not just about filling seats. It's about having the right people in the seats, the oh, right yeah. skill set, the right mentality, the right mindset, really. Yeah. And we're, we're coming off of an extraordinary environment where people were just looking for like, if they're up right, I'll take them. (laughs) Do they have a pulse? Let's go. And we are kind of at the tipping point in hiring, right? So six months, a year ago, people would call me and say, he's just coming off our staffing issue. And I would say, I'm not like, there's just no way I miracle today. It just didn't happen. And we knew that there was going to be a cycle. Everything is cyclical. So we're at at a good point, but all of those people that were hired that are just those like, we need a body. We need to fill a seat. Those re-engage me to be, have the right people in the right places. And I mean, clearly I, I will just simply say no, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but you would probably know better than me that the job market is starting to change and people are starting to re-engage and look to be employed. Oh yeah. Definitely an interesting experience, right? For sure. I want to go back and just talk about something that you had said about your clients get to a point where they engage and start to hire internally. That happens to us as well. And I always celebrate that even though we're losing a client possibly, or maybe our role within that client is shifting. I always cheer for my clients when they, when they get to that point, because it's like, we did what we were engaged to do. And we, we helped you get to, to where you are. Oh, it is the best success. I, I feel like I'm uh, I'm going to use this reference like Nanny McPhee. I don't know if you know the reference, but but there's a line um, in this movie uh, of Nanny McPhee and she says, I'll, I'll stay here as long as you need me, but not want me. When you want me right. and no longer need me, I have to go. Right. And so- So that's kind of how I feel about it. I feel like I'm there. I I come in because there's a necessity for my skill set. You need a partner that's going to bring you from here. Let's go. Companies that that don't have drivers or or people that will just like plow through the work or direct it in a way where you you kind of can't fail. You just got to, this is how it goes. We bring in best practices. I can tell you what your your competitors are doing without telling you the names of the competitors because I've seen it a hundred times and you've seen it once because it's just inside of your company. And then when we get you to a point where I could replace myself at a full-time level, teach that person what I know how to do and right. back up, uh, it's the ultimate, right? Right. So that that piece is really successful, but there's, there's a, an opposing piece to that, which I feel is really, really challenging. And that is when I come in and people are threatened by my presence. Right. You know, which I'm assuming that also happens to you too, right? Yes, so you go absolutely. And, yep. Right. A functioning department and all of a sudden people start to think like, well, is she here to take my job or, or is she here to show my boss all of the things I've done wrong? Right. And so, so generally as a consultant coming into a company and trying to share with them best practices and get them to the next level, it absolutely is my job to show what is not done correctly. And learning that to be able to give that information in a positive way, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of it art, I think of what you and I do. Right. And from your perspective too, like, but in talking to the team of your client, 
I'm sure you hear from them, well, I'm not happy about this, or I wish I was doing this, or I'm more suited to do this. So why not put that person to their best use? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the the things I find in family-owned business is a a culture of accountability or Mm -hmm. lack thereof, right? And not, not... understanding how to do what you just explained. And so that's where the executive coaching comes in, right? How to build that, how to, how to take the people to the next level and then hold them accountable. And so we, we do a lot of training and developing around that because oftentimes I'm working with successful companies. I'm, I'm working with companies that have made a decision to invest in moving forward, right? So we're all there to learn and get better. And it's just a matter of, of commitment, potentially relooking at where people spend their time, evaluating what's needed to move forward, and then closing that skill gap. Right. We do a lot of that. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. So can you identify like one person pre-matters of management that inspired you or influenced you to move in this direction? Or did it just kind of happen naturally? I saw the success and I saw the passion and I really, I really wanted something that was my own. The interesting thing is my father was uh, always in a lot of different industries. So he changed jobs a lot. And every time he changed a job, he would learn it and master. And my mother, who always was in the same industry, always worked for someone and then had a side hustle, which was her own business. And so I think between the two of them, what I learned is, is hard work for sure. I mean, I, right. I, like, Absolutely. I, like, I like to work, but I like to work on my own time, which is something that you can't do when you're an employee. Right. Right. So, so that was real important to me. Like, give me from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. and I will write a book. <laughs> but you can't do that when you work for a company. <laughs> But I think that there there definitely were some people along the way that showed me that it was good to be the king, so to speak. Or the queen. Or the queen, right? Or or I I feel like I still could be the king, you know? Um, But it was so important for me to see that people were successful and enjoying it, right? right? And so, so Matters of Management became a place for me where I could share with other women and other business owners something that was successful on my own time and was a give back. So, so Matters of Management is the acronym for mom. It didn't intend to be that I know I come off as this like fierce feminist and, and, and I really am not like that in my, in my day to day, but matters of management was supposed to be management matters. My logo is M squared made from a bumblebee. And I'll explain that in a second, but. And, but, and I love that. And I'm glad, I'm glad we're going in that direction. Good. Yeah. Go yeah. I'm, I'm addicted <laughs> to that. I opened my own business and, and mommy's going to be around now. The name of the business is matters of management, MOM. And he said, oh, duh, you need the company after yourself. And it was kind of like this, this where I, I realized how dumb I may have looked to my five-year-old who was much smarter than me because I couldn't figure it out. Really, the only thing to do with MO is that recruiters for direct hire placement, all of my recruiters are moms who work from home that worked in professional services and needed a side hustle, something to make them feel good, something that they could do research on the laptop when their kids were sleeping or, or at their own time, own speed. And so I share revenue 50-50 with my moms at home when it comes to our direct placement. And so that's, that's been a, that's been a great way for me to uh, 
explain to women that because I I'm, I'm business through and through, I could work 12 hours, 15 hours a day, but I couldn't do it in a traditional way. And I think a lot of women get stuck there. They think like that if they're educated, they're working in a company, what's next. And they don't, they don't have the ability to then maybe trans transfer their exact skill set to a business, but they right. still want to put their mind to use and they still want to have their own pocket of money and feel independent and all of those things. And flexibility. And the flexibility. Something very important. The point of um of our bumblebee. Prior to me working in corporate industry, I worked with people with autism in the not-for-profit setting. Okay. And I remember learning early on about how to develop goals and making goals that were sustainable and having someone accountable. So when you when you work in an environment, so I oversaw group homes for people with disabilities. And so in there, there's a regulation that each individual that lives in a group home has three working goals and that they work on them every single day. And all of my staff had to do checking off every single day to make sure that they completed their goal. And every quarter we've reviewed the goals and moved on. And, and so when I went into corporate and I, I thought about this, it dawned on me that through those goals and through doing certain things every day and, and holding people accountable to monitoring those goals, people were able to overcome the odds. And so that was really important to me that, that people who were not expected to learn a new skill, something as simple as teeth brushing, were able to do it through this kind of working atmosphere. And so I had learned about the bumblebee and that bumblebee has kind of overcome the odds. They're aerodynamically incorrect. So if you took the anatomy of a bumblebee and tried to make an airplane out of the same wing dimensions or body mass or all of these things, it would never my logo designer said to me, well, what do you feel is like the thing that you kind of said, it's got to be where we are taking companies that expected to overcome the odds and that through our services, through this accountability piece, we were going to help them overcome the odds. Right. And so it has to be a bumblebee. And so they took the bumblebee and that's what we do. And it's become a rather important piece of everything we do. And we, we talk about the idea of what you look like today and how to make that kind of fly. Right. It's, it's really important to us. That bumblebee became really, really important to us. And that came out of working with people with disabilities. Really, it's been a good start. I love that, the bumblebee, the use of the bumblebee, because I think about that all the time. Like, how do those little wings make that bee move? And then they load up their legs with pollen. And I mean, not that it's a lot of weight, but still, it's like, but I it's love that. Of them. And they're hard workers, right? And, yeah. and we need them to survive. And like, just everything about it was perfect for what I do. And there's really a queen well. in charge, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> oh, you, f you found all of my connections. I wasn't going to mention that one. <laughs> that love, one it, love, it, love it. So we talked a lot about making your own hours, being an entrepreneur, not being restricted by corporate hours. So how do you find your work-life balance? Because I know, especially during COVID, it's so easy to be sitting at that desk for 10, 12 hours a day and not really thinking because we love what we do, right? Not really feeling that it's that much of our day. So how do you find that work-life balance? I, I know you just came back from a beautiful trip. So um, <laughs> finally, right? So, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been years since we've seen blue water. <laughs> You know, I've had this question asked to me throughout the years about balance, and, and I wish I could give some kind of really interesting way to describe it. I think that balance is really personal. I love to be busy and I love to work. So for me, my day is 
packed with all different things. And there's different services that I'm working on through the day. And there's different aspects of of my life that I work on through the day in terms of balance, right? So children, PTO, being, you know, making dinner for family, external activities, networking, servicing clients. It's a juggle. It's a constant juggle. And I remember thinking to myself, right, I'm giving myself the, the, the past visual of being able to do all of these things and learning how to, to make it work so that everything else works. When you're trying to please everyone, when you're trying to do everything for everyone, you diminish your capabilities. And that's when all of those balls that you're juggling that are in the air fall. So finding the time to do things that make me feel really good about me and that that for me is learning and eating healthy, which sometimes doesn't necessarily work because I'm traveling. Um, But when I'm able to focus on the things that make me stronger, then the flexibility piece makes more sense. Right. And loving what you do. Beyond. Right. So that not only is it self-fulfilling, but it's, I I say all the time, I don't work a day in my life because I love what I do. I love the client interaction. I love the success stories. And that that's what fuels us as well. Oh yeah. I mean, people tell me all the time, I don't even realize it because it's like second nature for me, second skin. Like I can get into a room and I just start talking business and and how we're going to do this and all of the people and making the connections and I'm a fixer. So I like, I could do that all the time, but people say to me, oh my God, you, you speak with such passion about your job right. and it doesn't feel like a job, right? right? It's it doesn't. woven into the very fabric of your being. You got it. You got it. It's just, you know, living, living my own truth and, uh, and sharing that. Right? right. So they say like, you know, you find your talent and you give it away and that's your, the purpose of life. Right. That's a great place to kind of wrap up. So just tell our audience the best way to get in touch with you. I encourage our audience to connect with you, whether on LinkedIn or reaching out. So just give us a little bit of that information. Sure, sure. So I'm always on <laughs> through email. The best way to reach me is just Rachel at mattersofmanagement.com. I wish they had something short. They didn't. And I am great on text. So if people want to text me and just say, hey, can we have a chat? I'm good for that too. And that's 201-446-1236. It's been my business line for um, for 20 years. And that's that's really the best way to, to find me. I'm on LinkedIn. Matters of Management has an Instagram account. We're, we're everywhere except TikTok, which is coming. <laughs> it's coming. Right. So just Google Matters of Management and you'll find all that is Rachel, right? <laughs> That's absolutely true. And and some some cool things to come, right? So, you know, because I think we do need to to kind of move forward. I have partnered with a colleague, so we're in a business book. All of these kind of lessons, it's the soup for your soul type thing, but with a with mm-hmm. some some real goodness stories in there for entrepreneurs. And I am going to move forward with education. And I've applied for a PhD program in organizational development. So desire to keep moving forward and learning for myself, give more more to my clients is is ever present. Well, if you need help with the writing of the book process, I've been through it. So feel free to reach out if you want to chat about that too. So thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. This was great, great conversation. And I know our audience will really be inspired by it because, uh, you know, the entrepreneur journey isn't always easy. And, you know, some people kind of like shy away from it because they think that it's, it's not for them or it's going to be too difficult, but it is doable. It's hard work, but it is doable. And, and your story is truly an inspiration. So thank you. 
I've loved working with you and, and, uh, and being able to support CFI. It's pretty remarkable what you do as well. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Rachel. And thank you to our audience for listening in. All of the episodes, including this one, can be found on our website, pathwaystoprofitability.com. Check them out. And uh, every story is unique. So listen in and uh, be inspired. Have a great day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 